Get Into Gate. This is episode 169. 69. <laughs> Stargate Atlantis home. This is Get Into Gate. My name is Mitch. Joining me, Matty Gibson. Yow. Uh, and look, that's it. Uh, we're again running at 50% strength on Get Into Gate. So uh, to everyone that is missing the Gibson brothers, which does actually include Matty and I, uh, yeah. we apologize. But look, we're here to talk about Stargate. And I know we have been missing Reese, our first time viewer, but. To a slightly lesser uh, satisfying extent, uh, I am the newbie at Stargate Atlantis. So you get a little bit of a taste of about that, but unfortunately, it's not the sexy, mm. dulcet tones that is Reese Gibson. Oh, yeah, give it to me. You See, are I coming can't to do us it. live from Puddle Jumper, though, which I quite appreciate. I am. Uh, those, uh, the, those might get any type of view of the video that we might put up yeah. on socials or something. I am coming from a Puddle Jumper. So this yeah. is very exciting. I feel like I'm like the, the journal anchor because I'm in the gate room. Mm. I'm in the gate trium. And I feel like I'm crossing to you, like live, like as a sports reporter, yeah. like live from the Puddle Jumper Bay. Yeah, you've just returned from P3X, blah, blah, blah. Tell us, how was the mission? <laughs> So we are back in the Pegasus Galaxy to talk about some Stargate Atlantis, Episode 9 of Season 1, Home. If you are new to the show, then uh, look, we just go through a episode of Stargate a week. Uh, now that we've reached Season 8 of Stargate SG-1, we're going one for one with Atlantis. And we are up to Episode 9, Home. So we're going to read what the synopsis uh, describes the uh, episode as to being about. And then we're just going to throw it over to uh, Maddie and I and just see what we bloody thought. <laughs> when Dr. McKay discovers a way to open a wormhole back to Earth and Dr. Weir learns that the team can return to Atlantis within a month, the team is overjoyed. Dr. Weir spends time with her boyfriend, Shepard gives Taylor the grand tour, and McKay just relaxes. But when the hyperdrive of the ship Prometheus is accidentally destroyed, so too are the hopes of returning to Atlantis. I love that they put in the, the crucial thing of they can be back in a month. Yeah, I know. And overjoyed was with an exclamation mark. And actually, my favorite part of that was Shepard gives Taylor the grand tour in yeah, air quotes does. there. So it's like, hey, what's going on there? Um, look, a bit of excitement here. We're directed by Holly Dale, who I believe is, is that a newcomer to all things Stargate as far as directing yeah, goes? Yeah, the name doesn't sound familiar to me. That could even be a one and done. But while uh, two weeks ago on uh, Get Into Gate at least, but our last Atlantis episode was written by the great Peter DeLuise, this one written by Joe and Paul. Joe Malozzi and Paul Mully, which this is where I really want Brendan to have been here because right. as much as we love Joe, I know as much as we love Joe and Paul, and we do, they write some great episodes. He obviously makes us all very well aware that they cannot seem to write an episode that's away from Earth. They love Earthbound episodes, which Brendan gets tired of very easily. And what's interesting about this, it's like, well, I mean, you know, they're at Stargate Atlantis, no problems. No, they love Earthbound episodes so much. <laughs> They write an episode about Stargate Atlantis team in the galaxy of Pegasus and give them an avenue, an easy way to access Earth so they can come back to Earth, people. And spend the whole episode on Earth. <laughs> it's like, really, get them back Paul. to Earth. We don't know how to write an episode off Earth. We need them back right now. And okay, I get it. I get it. Technically, they weren't on Earth. Shut up. They were, for all intents and purposes, they were back on Earth. But I actually didn't see that it was them until um, oh, well and truly after I watched the episode. So I wasn't even thinking about that. And in fairness, I think had I have read it, I wouldn't have been waiting for them to be back on Earth. And I actually think it was a really great pre-credits teaser. It was like, there's enough power here. Not only for us, it's enough power to get us back to Earth. Bang. Yeah. Cut to the credits. I was like, that's a great teaser because... 
you know, we're not sitting here. It's not what, at least I think I know about Stargate Universe, which is just a desperate attempt to try and get home or try and get anywhere that will get them home. Like this, they know where they are. They have their own base. They have their mission and they're just doing whatever they can. They'd like to be able to go home whenever they could, if they could. But until yeah, then, they just fine. don't have the batteries. I just don't have the batteries. They're, they're living life. They're living their best lives, being their best selves. We get that. But what a great teaser. It's like, hey, we mm. could have this. And then after that, I actually did... Act- I didn't mean to, but, you know, guest starring or whatever, um, Don S. Davis. And I was like, oh, shit, we're going back. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is actually happening. And, and I don't know. I... I, I I really liked though, as as much as they do, again they're not they're not so much in charge of the visuals, but as much as they do like to write Earthbound episodes, just the opening of like nothing but black and fog, as far as a setting for an alien planet. I'm like, okay, this just seems like you're in a really dark soundstage and you've got the you know the dry ice machine on or something, but it did seem like a really alien setting, and I really dug that. So immediately, this is what I love so much about what we're doing, going from SG-1 to Stargate Atlantis, because occasionally you're going to get an episode like you know, last week with that with sacrifices where, you know, you're just back in a similar setting, you know, with the Gould on a planet that's full of forests or you're back at the SGC and it's the same setting, you're on Earth and then you're at something so alien, you know, uh, on Atlantis when you're not in a base set entirely in a planet, you know, seemingly until a couple of episodes ago, surrounded by water. Like it's very, I don't know, just a, it's, just, it's just different enough to make it uh, relevant for the different shows. So yeah, I, I like the way this one kicked off. I yeah. did really like all that fog and, and the, the sort of the sort of the wide shot, like the CGI mm. wide shot, you could see like those pillars sort of sticking up, yeah. running down each side of the gate. And that almost reminded me of like window of opportunity, like those, how they yeah. had the pillars running down to the time, uh, the time device. So it's like for a second, you're like, Ooh, is this ancient tech? And you're like, Oh it's, yeah. 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 Would it be, or would it, is it cause it's the ancients, but would they have stuff off? So yeah, it's very interesting. And you're like, Ooh, I'm intrigued. Yeah. And I guess from what we come to learn about, what that fog really was and this other alien race and they're essentially just sentient forms of energy or whatever. Mm. Like that's kind of what the ancients ended up being anyway. They ascended to a different plane of existence and they are energy that can take on forms. Like this could have almost been the ancients that weren't or the ancient didn't properly ascend or something like I didn't never even th- thought about the pillars thing. That would have actually been a really cool way to tie that in and being some kind of visual clue about how this episode was going to end. It wasn't to be obviously. So yeah, they kind really of do speculate the, do the anymore, but you can almost call them, you know, you could almost call that fog, the great link, you know? Yeah. Could, <laughs> I'll get it. That's one for that. You know, you, it's such a deep cut. You I was, even- I'm like, I know I didn't get it. I'm like, this has got to be something. This yeah. has got to be something that he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, we actually did. We did get an email uh, from someone or a, or a DM. Uh, I think it was a DM I got uh, the other week about someone saying, like, she's been going back and listening to um, some of the episodes and being like, you didn't get it. That's one for that. You didn't get it. And I'm like, yeah. I know because they didn't I know. know. It was too subtle. Yeah, we. <laughs> there's some that are really deep. I, mm. I understand that. And then especially now that Brennan hasn't been here for the last couple of weeks. I, I really don't know. Like, yeah. it's completely my fault. Yeah. And then there's other ones where you go, Mitch, you can give me a that's one. And then in the editing process, I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's there's some I'll blatantly, you know, give away. And then others I like to be a little bit more subtle with. She did even suggest perhaps going back. And if anyone wants to do this, let me know. But don't sue us if you get liver poisoning. 
Um, she no. said she might turn into a drinking game. Like every time, like there's a that's one that was missed, or like a ah. a reference that I throw into Star Trek or something like that that you guys don't pick up on. Drink. Yeah, I love it. Well, I mean, I mean I'll, I'll obviously be sober because yeah. I'll have no idea what's going <laughs> on. But for the full sci-fi fans, I get eight. Anyone who wants to start that, um, you go right ahead. Yeah. Um, we take no responsibility. <laughs> if anything, Maddie's responsible for your death, so uh, yeah. I'm, I'm fine. I apologize yeah. in advance. <laughs> um, one thing that I guess it was very early after the credits was something we spoke about in the pod a few weeks ago because, you know, like I said at the top of the episode, I am new to Atlantis, so I have, you know, questions, obviously. Some that the show isn't ready to answer, and I'm willing to wait, but it's questions I have nonetheless. And one of them was... You know, the only way well, we got to the Pegasus Galaxy via the Earth Gate. It's like, cool, well, that's the only one we ever dial out of anyway because we're on Earth. But it's like, is 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 it special? You know, because of the the ancient connection to Earth and, and all that sort of shit, you know, is it is it for a reason or was it just because that's the one that we use? And does it work the opposite way is Atlantis the only one that can get back to Earth, or does you know because it again it's in an ancient base, and I you guys like speculated about it a little bit and provided some answer without going into a terrible amount of detail or hinting the fact that you were hiding information. So whether or not this this bit they dropped in this episode was something you had forgotten about or is just something you're really brilliantly acting trying to hide from me but they do actually confirm atlantis is the only gate that can get back to earth yeah. uh, or the milky way for that matter via earth um and they go as far as to say look it's actually got a, its own little special power adapter like an extender that they yeah. you know mckay again because the episode needs it he can just uh, open up a dhd take out that extra little compartment take it to another gate and install it like it really like dumbs down gate technology yeah. in some respects that he can just do that. But it's like, well, it's also McKay. And as he reminds you in this episode, he is Atlantis's foremost expert in pretty much every version of science ever. Yeah. So just deal with it. No, I appreciate you giving us the benefit of the doubt and thinking that we were expertly like compartmentalizing <laughs> information for you. Because obviously, yeah, we did touch on this in, in the pilot and later on and, and we were chatting about, you know, is it, it's, we say it's never. Oh, I think I said it's never sort of blatantly said that the the Atlantis Gate is the one that can dial back to Earth exclusively, because I always skip this episode, and I think ah oh, really, I think Brendan might be the same. I'm not too sure. Like it's not one that you really go back to a lot, like mm. that I don't anyway. Like as far as season one is concerned, it's just not like it's it's fine. It's there, but it's not. It's definitely not one where I go. Ah, oh, I need to watch Home. So I definitely yeah. forgot that they really sort of reinforce this whole, yep, there's an extra control crystal, we take it out of our DHD, put it into their D, into any DHD, and we can we can dial, you know, uh, the eight Chevron address and, and dial home dial Earth specifically. Yeah, well I guess I mean short of your beloved emancipation, and again he might have just been doing that to, to humor Brendan and myself, but like Reese, as far as a first time viewer, especially for season one of SG one, which you guys weren't quiet about when you were watching you said nah, this isn't its best season you know at all um but even in its first three seasons or its first four this is not the best not even in the top two or like this could be the worst for a couple of years or something like it's still finding its footing whereas reese was like no i'm actually enjoying this because it's his first time so he's not yeah he's not thinking about watching emancipation or or, or first commandment or anything that we didn't like 
as oh this is a shit episode should I miss it he's watching it as a first time viewer yeah so you're not comparing me, the you know you're not comparing Emancipation to Lost City you no, know and it's no. like even I'm not jaded enough to say that those two are in any way close mm. to each other in terms of quality of story or anything like that you know but yeah when you've only got like for you for example you've only got nine episodes of Atlantis to to go on you're like yeah, yeah this is alright and I'm the same yeah. it's an okay yeah but once you've seen the whole series you, you find your favourites and you know you go yeah. oh that's one I really want to rewatch that's one I really want to rewatch and for me Home just kind of yeah falls by the wayside a little bit yeah and I can understand that like even still having seen it like I, I didn't watch it and go oh that wasn't really that good I'm, I'm watching it as the first timer and I haven't watched a for me i haven't watched a bad episode of atlantis yet i've re, i've enjoyed every single one of them um you know to different extremes of course but i i still really um like my entire journey so fast but i can actually get why you would do that like if i was sitting down to rewatch like a home read a little bit of the synopsis and go oh yeah it's that one where you know it was like the um the game well, game keep game keep yeah one like you know similar in a sense that we're like they're in a different reality and that one okay was specific to each character and they'll for that was that they forced to relive an episode yeah was that the yeah o'neill with the death of his friend right so yeah. there was that one whereas this was like no we're creating your dream reality and you can just live there and and because we don't want to hurt you but you yeah. also can't go living your own life but because much, it's going to be at the expense of us. Much in the same way Gamekeeper said, oh, look, we couldn't we couldn't tap into Tilk's brain because he's a Jafar, so we just threw him in with O'Neill's yeah. visions. Yeah. They went, okay, well, Taylor's never been to Earth, so we're just going to throw her in with John's visions. You yeah. know, and she kind of followed along with him. But once again, and we'll reinforce it, poor Ford, nothing. Like, he's like, oh, yeah. he's, he's getting reassigned. He, like, he, there's that one little thing where, like, McKay's walking past in the in the corridor and Ford's like, oh, I, I'm, I'm getting reassigned to yeah. Antarctica or something like that. And that's it. <laughs> and and... You know, actually, I actually... Poor Ford. Oh, my God. I need to apologize. Like, Poor Ford. I actually sat there thinking... There was a moment, I, th- I think, on... On the planet where uh, McKay was trying to figure out how to hook up the extra compartment, to which I actually loved that, like he's going on to this monumental thing, like he's just taken out the one piece of technology that eventually will guarantee them to get back to Earth. It's the only thing that can allow them to dial an eighth chevron. He rips it out to take to another gate, like. It was just like, yeah, okay, can you do that? I think I can. Sweet, take it. Bang. But he's, he goes to this planet to do it, and it's a dark planet, and they just take torches. Like, you don't have full <laughs> lighting rigs or anything. You don't have a team of four others that can hold torches. Like, it's basically up to him and Ford just to point the light in the right direction to make sure that he does this monumental task correctly. But that he's just banging on about how great he is and all this, and Ford's just taking the piss out of him in such a condescending manner by just feeding his ego, but completely not believing anything that he's saying and I actually really like that I'm like nah Brennan and Brennan and Matty come on God. Like, he's a bit of fun Ford knows what's up but while I respected what they did with Taylor like it was kind of a cop out line as to why we didn't see what her reality was like well you have no memories of Earth so we just kind of threw you in his and so that's why it was really her I honestly and I watched this episode 24 hours ago until you just said that I did not question why the hell we didn't see one for Ford and it goes back to what you and Brennan have said for the last nine episodes it's not that he is bad or a piece of shit it's just that the show doesn't know what to do with him no and that's the thing is and you know me I mean in nine episodes how much we love have I given yeah Um, 
she didn't need to be in this episode. Like, they kind of write in that, you know, as the leader of the base, she should be the one to go back. And they kind of leave it ambivalent because it does get really confusing at the end of of what reality you're watching and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But she should have stayed behind on Earth. She never should have, you know, she... If, if something happened and that team couldn't get back to Earth, she still needed to be there to run run Atlantis. Yeah, like, for sure. You know, they obviously played up the idea of her going and seeing Simon slash Noreen, mm. all that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's the problem is, is Weir's character was only ever supposed to be a Hammond. She was only ever supposed to be in one or two scenes, an episode, you know, a couple of minutes of screen time, that was it. But she's such an interesting character for me and, and is the Daniel of the team... She's. I find she's needed a lot more. And Brad Wright has said the same thing. She ended up being Brad Wright's favourite character. So mm. he ended up giving her a lot more screen time. So I think that's also one of the reasons that Ford it gets sacrificed is because they just run... There's only so many minutes in an episode you can do. Yeah. And so they gave all this time to Weir, which was interesting. Like, I enjoyed watching it. But, mm. again, Ford is the one that, that was sacrificed for it. And I think we really... These kind of episodes, like in SG-1 early on... Are how you establish those those relationships between the characters, and it's like you needed that for Ford. Yeah, just a little bit on what you were saying. Then I think that that's where I really love what Joe and Paul did. And I guess this, what's the director's name? Holly Dale. Holly, Holly Dale. Um, for a first time, was how this was constructed around what was actually going on because you know when they sat there on the other planet and they were like, "Oh, who's going to go back?" And then all of a sudden you're looking at through the worm, you know, you go through the sliders wormhole and then you come out, there's Hammond there. It's like, oh shit, I'd actually forgotten. We haven't seen Hammond, what, even this season at all in SG-1? Yeah, no. Which it just, he's a, he's a, he's a stayer. Like I just didn't, didn't even think about that. I was just thinking purely at the fact that this is a crossover. We're seeing him in Atlantis for the first time. Oh, but, that's um, good. Cause I thought that might've been the dead giveaway. Like I thought you might've just gone, oh, it's Hammond. Hammond's not at the SGC anymore. Mm. And you would have realized straight away that it's not really the SGC. So I'm glad that didn't, yeah, I'm glad well, that I, didn't ruin I, it for you. It didn't, but I, I guess I probably thought of the fact, even though they made contact with Walter, it's like, come on through. And then it was happened. I probably was thinking more at the fact that it was such a big deal that Weir was back that Hammond came. But yeah, then I, it, you get into those crossover areas. I mean, this is getting off topic of what I was talking about, but you get into those crossover problems like we see with you know a lot of shows a lot of movies it's like well hang on if these two talk to each other so much why aren't you know why aren't we seeing daniel run around or something like that you know mm. why you know why didn't captain america come and save the president in iron man 3 it doesn't make any sense um so yeah i actually didn't i feel stupid now that you say that but i'm glad that i didn't at the same time but you know they're sitting there questioning oh who's gonna um who's gonna go back and you're thinking, oh, I know who it's going to be. And then it, all of a sudden it's Weir. Hammond's saying hello to Weir. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay, cool. Her, hmm, interesting. Uh, I guess uh, I guess Shepard won the argument because you know he wanted to stay back and do whatever he was doing. And then they're in the briefing room and McKay's next to Weir. And I'm like, oh, I feel like that shot where we saw who came out of the gate, she was standing, like the the camera was on like, if you're looking down the ramp, the camera was on the left side of the ramp and she was pretty close to the camera. Like, There's not a lot of other room left before mm. you fall off the ramp for McKay to stand there. And he wasn't behind her, so oh, that's weird. wonder where he was. Okay, whatever. And then they have that... Uh, it was a really weird argument between Weir and Hammond, and I guess in you know, hindsight, once you actually know what it's all about, that was a really interesting look into her character because she's obviously looking for 
confirmation that what she's doing is right. You know, she's looking for that validation that her role, you know, and her her doing that role is satisfactory. She's looking at a military guy. She's arguably running a military operation, even though that's quite what they said this episode isn't technically what it is. But she's running it, so she's always looking for someone to give her the okay that she's doing a good job. And the fact that Hammond was there going, no, we don't need you there, and it's going to be a different team's going to go back, and we're going to shut this down, and we don't think it needs to happen. And she was really fighting her case, but he was like, no, 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 we, you know, the men, the big guys have made the decision. (laughs) And you, you little civilian, no thanks, you know, we don't need you anymore. And I thought, Hammond's been a bit rough, but I guess in his new role, he probably has to. And, you know, I've got to look at it from his point of view. And if we were watching SG-1 and all of a sudden someone came back who was a guest star and it was this weird chick and they were on a different planet, I probably would side with Hammond. Okay, whatever. And then all of a sudden we're seeing Shepard running around and, you know, he chases after Hammond gets in the lift and he's like, oh, I can't believe the briefing's over so quick. And I'm like... Well, yeah, okay, he wasn't there for it, but that's, I guess he would know about it. And then Hammond's nothing but nice to him. And I actually wanted to write that down going, God, George is a nice man. He was almost (laughs) like a nice father figure, like wherever you want to go on this world, you can go. And I thought, why is he being so nice to him? Is it because he's a military guy? Is that also why we is a bit funny? And I actually found myself questioning like halfway through and I'm like, I don't think this is real. This feels like a, this feels like it's some kind of illusion. And then something else happened that made me... Because th- I'm like, we haven't seen, apart from that McKay business and, and we're in the briefing room, we haven't seen two of these characters interact yet. Yeah. So I don't think it's real. But then they would, or they would be aware of the other person. Like I thought maybe whatever McKay's doing, that's not actually happening in Weir's, but then she would refer to... Mac- you know, McKay's trying to fix the gate, and then in Weir's world, McKay was fixing the gate. And I think just after I'd convinced myself that that wasn't happening, we have that shot where Weir goes in wearing a jacket. We look at McKay. He's like, hey, what's going on? He looks back at her and the camera does a weird thing that it's quite obvious. It's telling us as an audience something's happened in a a visual sense. Go back to Weir and it's quite clearly the real Weir. She's not wearing that jacket. And I, ah, oh, now I know what's going on. And I still, I'm still pretty convinced that I actually didn't. Um, yeah. I picked up on it right before they reveal it to to all the dumb idiots that hadn't properly figured it out by the time they actually showed you. So I really like the way that it was crafted because, like I've been saying as a first timer for a couple of weeks, a couple of episodes now, you really feel like a lot of these episodes are just you know, rinse, repeat of SG-1 episodes, but put a fresh coat of paint on it and then pump it out. And this was like that. This was like Gamekeeper. This is like a few other episodes where characters under an illusion. What's real, what's not? The audience isn't clued onto it until 30 minutes in. But again, it was just a little bit different. Yeah. Different enough to make it an, an Atlanta style. And what I liked more than just, hey, this is fake and this is this is a power, this is a technology that these aliens have this was more about who they are as people yeah. and you know why Shepard is the way he is and what, what makes weird tick and and would such and such stay there if this other person said... Uh, so I like that aspect of it, but going back to what you said before, I don't think I need to rewatch it. If I was going to rewatch this this entire series again in you know 10 years' time or five years' time after we've done this podcast or whatever, I don't need to rewatch this. I need to rewatch the synopsis and go, okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that episode. I don't feel like it's going to have any you know, long-term effects on who these characters are and what the show is going to be about. Yeah, because it was all fake, because none of it had any consequences. But I'm glad you picked up on that because I was worried, because I know, you know, a lot of the time you're multitasking while you're watching, you're doing the dishes or doing something or other. And I'm like... How dare you be correct about me? (laughs) 
But I was like, you know, if Mitch is doing the dishes and he doesn't see, like, that visual clue of Weir and Rodney in the different outfits, like, that's such a, a big thing and you have to really pay yeah. attention of which is the real Weir and which is the fake Weir and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, if he misses that, he's going to be so confused. Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad that I did because I think I did actually multitask the last 10 minutes and I was cleaning up the kitchen a little bit and just sort of had it on going, oh, I, I know what's going on now. I'll just listen to the dialogue where he's, we are the mist. Yeah. We cannot let you go. And you're going to kill millions of us and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, I, again, it was just a fresh coat of paint because you know you had these energy beings. You know, they weren't just simply, oh, they're humanoids. Why? Because it's cheaper. Um, you know, it was just just different, different enough, enough. So enough. yeah, yeah. You know, and, and like I've said, like I can't use my favorite phrase anymore. You can't polish a turd because MythBusters have proved that wrong. So I've 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 got a new one now. <laughs> I don't I've, know what you were talking about, but the fact that you said MythBusters, I'm like, that's, I mean, that's they that they like legitimately they, they polished a turd. They polished it into this perfect round, like glassy <laughs> ball. I think it was like lion dung or something like that. They managed to polish it. So okay. you can polish a turd. So unfortunately, uh, I can't use that anymore. Um, so I found a new one, which is you can't stick a flower in your ass and call it a vase. Better. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's why haven't we been using that anyway? <laughs> so that's I think that's where home sits. Is you know you can't you can't stick a flower in your ass and call it a vase. Mm. Although a couple of things I found interesting was one. Now, like, if you go back and watch it now, like, when McKay gets to his house, he checks his messages and there's no messages. Yeah. That happened in his head. So, in his Mm, head, mm. no one left him a message for the, what do they say, eight months they've been gone or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, But then his his neighbour was hitting on him or whatever. Yeah, so that still should have been part of the dream. Like, everything was a dream scenario, except for when it came time to getting back to Atlantis. It was like, well, the, the, the aliens controlling them don't want them to think that they can because that's not what they need. You know, Matrix style, we need them to just be okay and to love what they are doing. Stay happy until they die of starvation. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I, I thought about that well after I'd finished the episode thinking, <laughs> wow, he, he's so self-indulgent but at the same time obviously got so much self-doubt even if it's at a subconscious level that he's been away for months and months and no one has tried to call him yeah. and that he still would come up with some bullshit excuse like oh the power must have went out you know, yeah he's literally like... lying to himself yeah so I, I, I like that and then you know you get uh, old uh, Nareem yeah yeah well Nareem Simon back is Simon the... in this one Simon. but it's Simon. Nareem Simon uh, as, yeah Simon back and I thought hang on you guys told me we'd only see him for 10 seconds, that little cameo in episode one. But now that you say this is because you we don't skipped his episode. revisit home, yeah. you might not remember him. So I'm guessing we don't see him again. But when he popped back up, I'm like, oh, hang on. If you were going to use him again, it goes back to what we were saying in the pilot episode. Why wouldn't you cast just some other random actor? Stick stick, stick another Deloise in there or another yeah. relative of one of the producers who can string together at least a couple of lines in this episode. Not that they might plan this ahead this far, but... Use him in episode one and go, hey, look, do you reckon you can do three scenes and at least semi-act? Okay, sick. We'll put you in. Because the fact that it's Nareem and he looks exactly the same way, yeah. you know, hasn't even grown some kind of like fake moustache to, you know, convince us that he's a different character or, you know, put on some Clark Kent glasses or anything. It's Nareem. He yeah. is Nareem. Sure, we'll call him Simon. It just, it's, you know, and again. They may as well have it, cast Martouf. They may as well have put Martouf in there. Like, you know. Yeah. Why not? Maybe that can be her boyfriend come Atlantis time. It's like, yeah, just stick him back in there. You know, that'd be fine. Something I did like, though, 
is that they didn't force some kind of weird chemistry between Simon and Weir. Like, mm. I think lesser shows would have, like... Simon would have had, like, a nickname for it. He would have called her, like, Lizzie. He's like, oh, Lizzie, yeah. I love... There was none of that bullshit. It was Elizabeth. Like, it was a very sort of modern adult relationship. Like, they weren't married yeah. or anything like that. And obviously, you know, they're of a certain age as well. Um, there was none of that. There was none of that forced calling her Liz or Lizzie's, you know, affectation kind of thing. I really, really did like that aspect of it. Because I think yeah. that's an easy trap to fall into. So what was the reason come the end that they, they could only access limited memories of, of them? Like, the idea that, you know, the big tell for Shepard, obviously was seeing two friends of his that he knew had died. He had watched die. He had buried uh, well, in I, the war years earlier. I feel like the real tell was, like, he seemed fine up until the point he had to be shopping with Taylor for a couple of hours, and then he's like, well, this is a fake reality. And then he started thinking about his friends and stuff. like Because I feel like all this stuff with Hammond, he seemed fine. And then the, I feel like there was almost a scene missing, because it's like the next time we see him, he's in the limo, and Taylor's getting in, and he's already suspicious. Like he's already playing up the suspicion there in the in the limo, yeah. And then he, it's almost like he manipulates himself and he starts thinking about his mates, and then suddenly they appear. And obviously, as an audience, we don't know that. But it just seemed weird to me that he didn't seem to to like his 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 spider sense didn't start tingling until he was in the limo. And I'm like, well, he's mm. just been shopping with Taylor for a couple of hours. Yeah. No, you're right. Actually, I didn't think about that because I just again because at that stage, I guess. I was still convinced that it was real. Mm. And in a way, there is a scene missing there because like the first time that Tilk went off base, you know, we're like, we want to see more of that. It's the idea of Taylor going to a mall. You know, what does that look like? We only get to find out, okay, it's a funny gag. It's like, well, you're shopping for hours, you know, but then you found a really nice dress and all that sort of stuff. And in hindsight, we find out that he doesn't have that pad. Yeah, you know, He's been living off base or on the base sorry in atlanta um, atlanta uh, antarctica for for nearly a year and he'd been dreaming of having a pad like that so we don't find that out as an audience member until after the twist has been yeah. revealed but i feel like um when he throws to um the thing where he's saying oh that that girl sitting over there that was like my third grade teacher or whatever it was <laughs> yeah that was i'm funny. like she should have been working behind the counter at one of the stores like that's mm. that to me that should have been the twig because it you know could have been, could not have been, but it's like if we went to the stores with Taylor and saw her experiencing this, you know, Earth market, yeah, and he kind of looked weirdly at the at the girl behind the counter, and then we find out later that the girl behind the counter was his third grade teacher. It just took him a while to figure out, like to to remember who she was. Yeah, I think that would have been a better better sell than just mm. him suddenly being in the in the limo with his spider sense tingling. I was like, oh, and thinking back on it, like the, the you know when they got convinced they'd made a connection. That's obviously the first thing, is that they are able to establish the wormhole, but then the first thing they hear is Walter and him going, this better not be a joke because, you know, I'm sorry, we just didn't think we were going to hear from you. I'm like, that would be exactly what he would do. But they don't know that. That's like, that is that is Walter, but again, we're, we're hearing Walter through their perception. Whose perception yeah. we don't know at that particular time, but still... They nailed that. The alien, they they nailed that fake reality, that fake Walter. Um, to a lesser extent, you know, they, they obviously nailed Hammond. He wasn't. He shouldn't have been there um, in our reality, but in the show, they don't know that. Um, well, no, they but do. They at the start of this season, because remember, 
Weir replaces Hammond, and then she tells, oh, f- and then course. she tells yeah. Jack about his promotion to general, and Jack mm. takes over from Weir. And yeah, there was no, he didn't, she didn't even ask. She's like, "Where's General O'Neill?" I mean, granted, mm. I guess in a way that would be rude to ask a General Hammond, who's a whole tier above O'Neill, like where he mm. is. But just the fact that we go there, and we don't see any of SG One or O'Neill was yeah a little bit odd. Yeah. Okay. Oh God, I'm finding more <laughs> more holes now. The, see, you may almost want to go back and rewatch it now. I think you, it could it could stand like a second rewatch now that you know the twist and everything, and you know from the start everything is fake. But all it's going to do, I think, is poke holes in it. Yeah. You know, by going well, you know, we we and and it's like. Would Shepard have ever even have met General Hammond? Like, if 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 Shepard had been down in Antarctica for the last twelve months, maybe when he joined the SGC program, maybe he spent some time. Well, no, because he didn't even know you about the Stargate. Did, right? He didn't even yeah, know didn't about know. the Stargate. No, until he got there and he sat in the chair and it was like, oh god, okay, so you're kind of ancient. Best, guess we better tell you about what's going on. Yeah, when he got attacked by the drone mm. and stuff in the helicopter. And that was General O'Neill giving him clearance. So yeah. he knew nothing about the Stargate program. He'd never been to the SGC before um, until the, like, obviously, like, the um, expedition left from Earth. But um, O'Neill was in command. So mm. potentially, yeah, Shepard has never even met General Hammond. And, like, it's, it's great for us to see, you know, he's only been gone for, what, in a way, fifteen episodes worth, I guess, or yeah. something. As a as a as a regular, so it's great to see him in there. So and good for uh, for the that conversation where I think we really need some kind of like reassurance that what she's doing is right. Having Hammond there is the perfect character. In, yeah, um, you couldn't put him. I guess he handed over to her. You know, to maybe not even handed over. He was taken away and she was installed, but. Is it as sad as it is to think? Because I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want him to just be the the secondary choice. Do we get Don S. Davis there because Richard Dean Anderson is too busy? Completely. And like, like, know, he, he like I was enough? saying at the start of the season, you know, they have limited access to um, RDA this season. They had to save up their days just to get him into the Atlantis pilot. Like they took him out of some of the SG One uh, first yeah, episode right. to get him in. So they definitely didn't have Rick for this. But Hammond does make the most sense. It's like Major Davis would be interesting in that part, but he wouldn't have the authority mm. to say no, we're you're not going back and all that all that kind of stuff. Whereas Hammond has that authority, and you automatically go, you know, yes, sir. Like you, you just t- take whatever Hammond says. So as an audience, I think yeah, we needed Hammond, and it was great to see Don S. Davis again. Yeah, um, being Hammond. Um, but yeah, it's you, I don't think you could have anyone else. Oh, it's a shame there because I'm thinking, yeah, like that, that's where you really, yeah, you get pulled out of the show again and go, oh, it's not, you, this, the actor's not bigger than the show. I guess, you know, it's, oh, it's RDA and he's a producer, executive producer and all that sort of stuff, but it is a shame. That, and, you know, like we said before, there's no real way they can ride around that and go, oh, he's just off world. It's like, we haven't seen him do that yet. You know, he doesn't just go off on a, on a mission because he used to. Like, we haven't had that yet. So yeah. you can't just throw that, you can't have Atlantis say that off you know that it's something that big has happened off screen and you, and you like... can't reference real world events because if you think about it at the same time this is happening 
Ryak's wedding is happening. Like, mm. in the real SUV, which obviously the Atlantis expedition would have no idea about. So it's like they can't reference that either. Yeah. So, yeah, it is a very it is a very odd one. Yeah. Yeah, there's no easy way. Like, mm. oh, he's in Washington speaking to the president. So I've come to caretake the operation. That just wouldn't happen. Like, oh, I was here anyway. What were you here for? To meet with General O'Neill? Where's he? Oh, stop asking questions. So <laughs> it is weird. I mean, it works. It, if you don't think about you know the behind the scenes with RDA and all that sort of stuff and what's going on on earth and it's like ah oh, that works it's fine but yeah, yeah it begins to raise questions within the episode and then yeah certainly when you look at it from a TV filmmaking aspect it yeah it's like ah oh, that's because they were working around an issue but like you said it's Don S Davis if it's anyone else you start going where the hell's RDA this is bullshit but it's Don S Davis so yeah you know we see less and less of him so we may as well get it could as have been worse could have been kinsey or someone so <laughs> yeah their conversation actually would have been really interesting considering he recruited her so yeah yeah that would have been fun something i did notice too and this ties into our um marvel chats that we've been doing with um the gifted there's a character in there called erg he's the head of the morlocks and at the start of this mm-hmm. episode when they're talking about power requirements and stuff of what they're getting from the mist McKay says, oh, are we talking jewels or ergs? I yeah. didn't realise that an erg was a unit of measurement for power. Which makes sense as why the character of erg from Gifted calls yeah. himself Gifted because of the power that he can like shoot out from his eye. So, okay, and, and I almost feel this is a Brennan question for conversion.com. Like how does that... Um, is it a sense of miles to kilometers or is it is it um kilometers to meters sort of thing like is it a alternate way of measuring as far as joules go oh there you go well um an erg is equal to 1.0 e-7 joules as a you know i mean that's just a just a quick okay so it's a lot (laughs) we we assume (laughs) i'm just see this is what happens when you go to google and not properconversion.com hmm they're so busy over there. They almost don't have time for us now. I mean, we've been giving them such a plug for <laughs> the last four years. I mean, the, the traffic at conversion.com is is massive. So, um, yeah, great people. Wonderful people over there. Yeah, so it looks like um, 10 million ergs is one joule. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I thought an erg must have been a lot. <laughs> and I know that, obviously, that's the reason the gates exist is because it takes a long time to fly between uh between worlds but you know it's nice to get you know, a little bit of an indication of just how far away shit is like when they said to rodney hey yeah uh, you can take this thing with you and get over there but if you can't get back and you break their dhd you ain't getting back he's like oh, yeah i mean yeah sure you can just you know there's another way for me to get home They're like it'll take us 840 years to get the puddle jumper just to you yeah he's like oh but you'd still come get me then it's like yeah obviously that thing's not flying at the speed of light i no. don't imagine that well and you know, it's not and there's there's something we'll get to uh in later seasons and it's such a, a reversal of that like it almost mm. makes things too easy in certain ways I, I'll, right. I'll flag that now with you but um yeah there's certain things that just get to speeds where you're just like really is that <laughs> are we is that okay if that's what you want to do i guess you need to do it so you better do it yeah it almost makes gate travel pointless it's like you can, oh really yeah 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 it's it's full on so yeah i'll just put a little pin in that okay and um 
Yeah, we'll get to that maybe next season or the season after. So do they spin around like on on the horizontal and then just pop and then disappear and pop up in another part of the game? <laughs> oh, sorry, it's Star Trek Discovery. Sorry, I thought you were talking about a different yeah. show. Yeah. Oh, I see. I uh, thought that was a that was a uh, Avengers Endgame reference. <laughs> oh no, no, no! <laughs> I was trying to anger you and trigger you by talking about Discovery. Ugh, gag. <laughs> the trailer dropped last week for the um. The new Star Trek cartoon called Lower Decks. That's right, and it's an adult comedy. It's an adult comedy. It? It's going to be like yeah. a like a Futurama style, but yeah, it's... Orville maybe like Futurama Orville. Oh yeah, a little bit Orville as well. So the trailer didn't a hundred percent sell me. I was like, oh, this could be a little bit too goofy. Yeah, but I'll check it out. So yeah, okay. By the end of it, uh, things then go back to normal, I guess. On this, they just and you know, we get back. never see them again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they are the mist. They are a pure energy. Yeah. So whenever these, whenever someone dials into this place, they die because they. Okay, that's always yeah. I mean, obviously. To establish a connection on the other side, you need energy on the other side. But I've never really thought about that because we don't ever hear about how much it costs to run the power because I guess they're all just solar-powered or whatever with DHD and crystals and stuff, whereas on Earth, they need to plug it into a PowerPoint. Yeah, know, they're paying and... the electric company, whereas, you know, yeah. Atlantis, <laughs> there's, a, there's a good socialist platform right there where there's, you know, there's no, there's no utility bills. You're not paying for the water or power. Yeah. <laughs> Like how seriously you said that actually <laughs> just to watch it it was very special um yeah so when the idea of a weekend dial but the other place is not going to have the power so it's going to cut off and i just yeah i, I don't know for whatever reason that, that's what they said what if earth doesn't have enough power to like be able to send us back or be able to answer the the call basically and i was like well how could like they're plugged into a grid like surely they they, they, i'm sure they'd suck enough juice out of colorado or whatever to make that happen you know like they they've done it once you know i'm sure they'll be fine yeah but they're just the idea of back and forth like both gates have to have power and so you know to dial it back into this place it also calls into into question uh remember watergate where we went to russia and the gate was left and there were energy beings in that water. Like the energy beings were the water and they were taking over people. Yeah. And But the energy in that water was holding the gate open because it was siphoning power and killing those life forms. So we're led to Yeah, believe. that's right. So in this situation, it's like, well, we gated to and from that, like from Atlantis to that planet a couple of times. Yeah. And we're able to disconnect. Where you know the mist was all around it, so I feel like what mm. could the mist just move away from the the gate? Like I don't, I don't quite understand that. Yeah, if that's the case, why not do that permanently? Yeah, and then it's like they they stopped us before we were going to dial Earth, which would have killed mm. a lot more of them. Mm. But it's like, yeah, would that have like held the gate open or something like that? Like it's yeah, yeah it's 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 yeah, it's it's basically. Uh, Gamekeeper times Watergate plus Atlantis equal, yeah. equals home. Yeah. Um, but not, I don't think quite as well done as either of, the, of those episodes. I would yeah. go back and no. watch Watergate or Gamekeeper before I'd go back and watch Home. I think you actually just reminded me that I never 
finished watching Watergate before we recorded the podcast. <laughs> oh, so so there's a lot of season four episodes you need to rewatch or just watch oh, yeah. for the first time, like first ones. You know, actually, I've, I've thought about when I do watch that, and if I hopefully watch it soon, that I just don't tell you, and then wait for the next time you bring it up. I go, oh yeah, so I'll just do like um what uh, Sasha Baron Cohen did and Talladega Nights with Highlander. I'd be like, you'd be like, you see if I'm like, I saw your episode the first ones. It was shit. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I no, feel like we I should haven't. we should go the opposite direction and make it like a Patreon exclusive watch party. Like we could, oh, yeah. we could. Well, I mean, we'd have to get Brennan in to work out the tech. We could fire up the Discord and like be a full like watch party of you watching first ones for the first time. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> Such a good episode, mate. But you know, I mean, in in how many years have we known each other? And like, there's how many things that I've told you that you need to watch and you just haven't got around to it yet. So. It'll Mate, it's on the list. list. It's on the list. Um, yeah, you know, Sarah and I are doing what we can to catch up on lists and stuff. So, I mean, I haven't started doing a list of, you know, my top, middle and bottom sevens yet. Well, no, it's not even going to be there. What's it going to be for this? 20 episodes. We're going to have to, like, do some weird breakdown. I mean, that doesn't well, break easily into three. What well, we've got the two. What are we going to do, Matthew? Well, we've got two two-parters. We've got Rising and then uh, we've got um, The Storm in the Eye is a two-parter. Yep. And then we've got a two-parter at the end of the season. We've got the Siege Part 1 and 2. Okay, so, so we can do some I'll do the math. Sixes, it might be like seven. Almost. So yeah, six, six, and six or something like that might be. Okay. Yeah, we'll figure Oh, we it can out. make that work. Yeah, we can do that. That'll be good. Well, I don't know where it's going to sit this one. I mean, like I said, I'm, I've enjoyed all nine. Yeah. I should really I start doing a list. for you, it'll probably end up in the middle. Yeah. Only because after the two-parter, the Storm and the Eye... There is a lull for probably three episodes, three or four yeah, episodes okay. maybe, where yeah, they're just real basic and kind of meh. Mm. And then there's an episode that's probably going to be my emancipation for this season, one that I love, that's going to be in my top three that I think you're all going to hate. So we'll see how, okay. how we go with that. Yeah, don't tell me what that is, because I would no. love to come in and go, oh my God, this is the worst one. <laughs> <And> you go... <laughs> It's my emancipation. Uh, this is going to be awkward. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll have uh, the Gibson brothers, or at least a Gibson. I'll take a Gibson brother at this point. You know, yeah. we, we do miss the Gibson brothers. So, you know, I mean, they're busy. We can't blame them too much. I mean, here we are on a weekend night talking about Stargate. Like, these guys have actually got, they're, they're, do, they're doing stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm sitting here eating a McDonald's burger that's cold uh, <laughs> while talking to you about Stargate. So, you know, these guys have got stuff on. We just had to do the pod and they said, hey, go and do it for us. So they'll be back hopefully in time to uh, to watch the Emancipation episode and um, at least Brendan <laughs> will know what you're talking about. So, yeah. yeah, neither of you tell me what's going on and we can find out when I get there. Um, that'll do us though for episode 169 of Get Into Gate. We will be back next week back to the Milky Way to talk episode 10 of SG1. Matthew, I ask you each and every week because I'm not prepared. What's that going to be? Do you know? You know next, next week of SG1. Yeah, what have we got? Mate, end game. Oh, you said that in our last pod. You're right. I've forgotten <laughs> since then. We're doing end it game. It has been a while. All right. I'll get the Alan Silvestri score ready to go. Oh, Hashtag portals, That's obviously. On my yeah. Yeah. I was like, I wrote a little note and I'm like, end game score? Question mark? And I'm like, Mitch is going to have that whole soundtrack. He'll He'll know which one to pull. Mate, I'll just bring in my kids. They go around singing. If they do something awesome in the backyard... Da, na, 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 na. and i'm like oh my god i've brainwashed you children you've never way, been prouder as a father have you? possible 
Uh, look, you know, I'm not completely upset about it, but at the same time, it feels like it's, it's I pushed things a little bit too far. Uh, look, in the meantime, you can check out all of our old uh, podcasts on your favourite podcasting outlet. Just search Get In The Gate, a Stargate podcast. Hit us up on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, keep up to date with the show, whatever's going on. Or drop us a long-form email, getintogate at gmail.com. Boom. Oh, this, oh, that's this is where you come up with cr- something creative um, for Patreon because I don't know what I'm talking about. And, and if and if you'd like to see our other home, <laughs> join us on Patreon. No, I'm not going to lie, Maddie. That's in my bottom three of our, <laughs> of our Patreon. <laughs> Yeah, Look, I'm not yeah. going to blame you. It's late, and yeah. you know what can I'm you not, do with home? There's I'm nothing not, creative. With I'm that. not burning any good gear for home. Come on now. No, no, no. no I, I'm with you. I Jeez. feel that. That's fine. That's fine. You can yeah jump onto Patreon.com forward slash. I was about to say forward slash home. Don't do that. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Get Into Gates. Hey, if you want to sponsor the show, join the team over there. And don't forget uh, to check out our Discord as well. Yeah, actually, that's where you, that's yeah. Unlike our Patreon page where it's us idiots in control of the content. You actually get some interesting uh, conversation going on and intellectual thought perhaps on the Discord page with fellow Gate fans and talking about the stuff that we're talking about. And this one might even be interesting as far as some of the questions that were raised. That's what I really love about this episode. There's some interesting stuff happening. It's just when you actually sit there and back and look at the story and the finer details, it's like there's a lot of holes there. So jump on a Discord if you want to, uh, you know, take what we've been talking about and, and stretch it out a little bit. Plus, you know, it might end up being where your um, first one's first time watch party ends up being. So yeah, I should I should get familiar with it. Uh, <laughs> book a date for 2024 when I eventually watch the first one. <laughs> <laughs> we might do that. We'll we'll finish all of Stargate. We'll finish SG One Atlantis Universe. We'll go back and watch the new family friendly director's <laughs> cut of Children of the Gods. Yeah. And then we'll finish on you watching no, hang the on, first, no, first one. Then we've got to do Stargate. What was the cartoon? Oh, Infinity. Yeah, we've got to obviously do Stargate we'll Infinity. Do Infinity. Then we've got to play the Stargate mobile game or some yeah. shit. You know? and, then we'll, um, and then we'll redo Origins and see if it's held obvi- up. Obviously. And then. <laughs> and then. Hang on. What we'll do you mean? First held ones. up. <laughs> Just see if it gets it gets better with age. You never know. Yeah, has it aged well? I mean that uh, that CGI that's going to hold up there like Jurassic Park. You know, it's it's going to hold up over yeah. time. You're going to look at it and go, you know what? It was good then. It's good now. Yeah, yeah. You know what it's going to be like? It's going to be like the Scorpion King uh, in the second <laughs> Mummy movie. You're going to be like, why did that get made then? And it looks even worse now. Yeah, I actually saw a meme about that on Instagram the other day, and it's like talking about how everybody thought that the moon landing in 1969 was faked and it was all like mm. CGI and sets. <laughs> and then underneath it is like, that was 1969. And then it's like 2002, the Scorpion King. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just got the rock coming out of like, you know, coming out of the pyramid or whatever it is. Yeah. You got the Hollywood execs going, I don't know, man, people start the cotton onto this moon landing. It was fake shit. Oi, get that wrestler, make him look like shit. He'll be no one in two years. No one will even remember this. Oh, hang on. Wrestlers He's the biggest bankable star on the planet right now. Yeah. I saw the other day he gets paid a million five for each paid Instagram post. You are kidding. Yeah. There was like a list on, you know, one of our morning shows and it was the top 10 paid Instagram celebrities. So, you know, you got one of the Jenners or both Jenners in there. You got your Biebers and The Rock and all that kind of shit. And he gets, yeah, 1.58 something 
per paid Instagram post. I don't even think I've ever seen him do an ad. I've, I can't. Yeah. I, don't, I can't think of a post where he's promoted like a protein bar or some bullshit when he's pumping. Usually, he's just in the gym or he's paying tribute to someone or saying, "Hey, habit." Like, it just seems to be him doing shit. It's not like. He's not there wow. to make extra money, but yeah, when I don't he even does, follow him on Instagram. Oh, mate, get involved. A lot of black and white photos, heavily filtered to really darken the shadows and bring out the highlights, <laughs> if you know what I mean, where he is sweating up a storm at four o'clock in the morning, hashtag come get some, hashtag boots and all, just like with headphones, pulling a just, Jeep Wrangler down the street yeah, with a rope. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. He's push-starting a 747, you know, because their engine's <laughs> out, you know, that sort of shit. So get involved at The Rock. Um, anyway, that's got wow. nothing to do with Stargate. But anyway, here we are. Um, if you want more gibberish, I'm Mitch underscore Lewis on Twitter and Instagram. Where are you, Matty? At High Pitch Matty. Yeah, and The Rock is at The Rock, and he needs followers. He's only got about 40 million, so jump on board yeah. and uh, get behind the big fella. And a shout out to everyone who's been slipping into my DMs lately. It's been highly entertaining. Oh, we'll probably go through it a little bit more when we've got one of the Gibson brothers because you know they're more in tune, their mindset, the way they think. Uh, with some of the DMs that you've been getting lately, but mm. like we did go into one a couple of weeks ago on the show when Brendan was here. You got a question about if a host of a Tokra has a wank, is it masturbation or sex? Well, if if they're in love with their symbiote, if the symbiote if they're in love with their the symbiote and that happens, love yeah, and has a that. wank, is it sex yeah. or masturbation? Yeah. So mm. that seemed weird at the time. I want to say since his more recent DMs to you. That seems like he was completely sober and he would have presented that at a school. Like, it was like, it's so normal. It's so, it's so cookie cutter. He gets really in depth. So, um, and I think he even admitted that he was, he had a bit of substance going on. Um, drugs or alcohol. Bit of God's lettuce. Bit of God's lettuce. Nothing wrong with that. Bit of, bit of legal in California. It's fine. So, um, we'll go into that while we have one of the, uh, one of the Gibson brothers. But until then, jump into Matty's DMs and, and, you know, bring on the filter. So entertaining. So entertaining. (laughs) <laughs> well Maddie, catch you back next week for Endgame um, pack yeah. your Avengers gear son uh, we're doing it we're doing it again yeah get into geek